There are 39 milahot which constitute forms of work forbidden on the Sabbath. It's the why behind the way we do the things we do. Join Rabbi Musha Schnurb now for Hilchos Shabbos, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM. This is Soul to Soul on Friday afternoon here in a slightly warm, but a little bit overcast Johannesburg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for making time out of your busy Friday. You put on your radio to use your device, your electronic device for something amazing, like listening to some Torah on the radio, because that's what these devices are for, really. Hashem allowed us to have them so that we could use them as greater means of be able to, of being able to disseminate, of being able to spread, of being able to teach Torah to so many people in so many places in so many different, different ways. Anyway, a warm, warm welcome. This week, of course, we are, it is Pashas Beshalach. We are just two days away from Tubashvat Monday. Please, God, Be'ez Hashem will be the holiday of Tubashvat, which, of course, in the Northern Hemisphere signals the beginning of spring almost, and of course, I guess that means here somehow signifies the end of summer, whatever that might, whatever that might mean. But as we move forward, Baruch Hashem, throughout the year, each day, each hour, growing, developing, becoming more and more of what we want to be. So this week's Pasha, one of the main topics, of course, is the Man, the whole second part of the Pasha, deals a lot with, with that. And, and the, the Pasuk actually says, I'm going to rain down for you bread from Hashem. And, and, and the nation will go out and gather it every day. In order that I can test them whether they will walk in my Torah or not. So we see that the whole purpose of the man was not just to provide food for the nation, was not just so we'd have something to eat on a daily basis to have our, our sustenance, because that Hashem could have found many, many ways to sustain Klai Yisrael. In fact, He could have even sustained them without food, just as Moshe Rabbeinu was able to survive for 40 years in the in, in Shemayim without eating or drinking. Rather, the purpose of the whole man was to test Klaiso to see whether they would fulfill the commandments related to the man. So then, of course, this leads us to ask what, in fact, was the test? What exactly did HaKadosh Baruch Hu want to test us about? Rashi says that the test was whether they would observe the commandment of the man which means that they should leave none of the man over, as Hashem commanded, and that they shouldn't go out to collect the man on Shabbos. That, says Rashi, that was the test. Don't leave over and, and go on Friday and collect the double portion you need for Shabbos and don't collect on Shabbos. Now, the Ramban questions Rashi's explanation. In fact, he points out that the implication of the Psukim is that the man itself was the test. As in fact, it, it says, I fed you the man in order to, to test you. So it doesn't sound as if Hashem 
gave the man with the specific mitzvahs in order to be a test if they're going to, if we're going to do the mitzvahs or not. Rather, it seems as if the actual falling of the man itself was, was a test. And we can also ask, perhaps, on, on Rashi, that again from the Pesukim it seems that the test was on the actual following of the Torah. As the Pesuk says, Hayishmar Mitzvasi, well, are they going to walk in my Torah in, in that? It sounds from that that the test was whether they would actually keep the entire path of the Torah, not necessarily one single mitzvah related to the, to the, to the man. So the uh, the Sifzach Hachamim actually has another question by by noting that the the pasuk later on where Moshe recounts about the man in Pasha Sekev states Zochatos Kol Remember all the way that Hashem led you for the forty years in in the desert the man in order to make you suffer to afflict you and to test you. Lodas to know what is in your hearts. Are you going to observe the commandments of the Torah or not? Now Rashi there in Pashas Ekev says that observing Hashem's mitzvahs, Hashem commandments means that you should not question HaKadosh Baruch at all or even second guess the Rabbani Shalom. From here it sounds as if the test was not just on the fulfillment of that particular mitzvah or, or the mitzvahs that are inherent or connected to the man itself, rather was a test whether Klal Yisrael would, ref, would, would, would reflect after HaKadosh Baruch are we going to, are we going to connect to HaKadosh Baruch all the time? This would seem to almost contradict Rashi's words in our in our pasha, who says that it's really just to see whether we would keep the local issues that were connected to the to the to the mind. So these questions can be answered with a a one you say the Gemara in in Saita, quite near the end. And Daf Memches says, Rabbi Loza Godel says, Mishiyesh like Paspasalo, whoever has bread in his basket and asks. What am I going to eat tomorrow? This is a person of very, very small faith. If one doesn't have enough betochen that Hashem will provide for him, that's considered a lack, a lack of faith. The man was collected every single day with the commandment, don't leave any over for the next day. That's a great test for the people's emunah and trust in HaKadosh Baruch It's very difficult to go to sleep with no food for oneself and his family for the next day. And the test was to see if the nation could do this and, and could survive this way with their trust in, in the Rabbani Shalom. Similarly, the commandment not to gather man on Shabbos was also a test of Amunah to see if they really believed that the man in their possession, which any other day, if they left it over until the next morning, would get full of worms and rot. But on Shabbos morning, it would remain fresh and tasty throughout the entire, throughout the entire Shabbos. So we can understand that Rashi's intent was not, was not just whether they would follow these particular local commandments of, of the month. 
Rather, what Rashi was telling is coming to tell us is that the test was to see through these mitzvahs whether they had true emuna and bitachon in Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Therefore, the pasuk says that the test was to see whether they would walk in my Torah, will they walk in my Torah or not. Meaning, they would not leave any for the next day, and that would be a display of their amuna in HaKadosh Baruch Hu and in his Torah. That is, as the Ramban himself says, after he asks his questions on Rashi, the test was that they had no food in the desert besides the man, which they knew nothing about from prior experience. Still, and all they listened and followed HaKadosh Baruch Hu without any, any bread at all. The, the Kliyaka has a slightly different take on it, and he wants to say that, that the man was a test of, of Bitochen to see if they would not leave any over, as HaKadosh Baruch Hu commanded them, as a display of trust in HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He adds a little bit more. He says that one who trusts in HaKadosh Baruch Hu is able to sit and study Torah without concern for what he's going to eat tomorrow. While most people who are not on that level of betochen would spend their time running after all kinds of frivolities and, 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 and spending precious little time on their Torah and, and, and spending all their time trying to see what are we going to do to make, to make the necessary, necessary buck. For 40 years, the Jewish nation lived in the Midbar in the desert and they were provided with the man as their sustenance for them and for their entire families. Right? They received this through no effort. They didn't have to work on their part. Besides, they had the small act of going out to collect it every morning. Right? During all of these years, it never once happened that more man fell than was needed for the one day, with the exception of Erev Shabbos, when enough men, a man we know, fell for both Friday and Shabbos. If on any weekday someone would leave over man for the morrow, it would spoil and become, become full of, full of worms. Living in this way was a great test of Imuna, but they accepted it and they passed this test, trusting completely in, in, in HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And, and this test of, of accepting HaKadosh Baruch Hu's kind of Musar every single day, the Gemara in Yuma states, that the Torah says three times that the man fell. The first pasuk says, says, and the, the man came down on the ground at night, and the man came, sorry, the, 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 the dew came down on the, on the ground at night, and then the man came down upon it. And then it says that the man came down in the camp. And then there's a second pasuk, Pupsukum later, that says, and the people came out, and they gathered it. So we see they had to go out of the camp to gather it. And the third verse, which is in, in, uh, Pashas Baleischa, says, Shotua The nation had to go hiking, they had to go roam around and gather the man. So the Gemara said, well, what's going on? Why are there these three different verbs? So the Gemara asked another question that we find three different ways the Torah describes the man. 
One Pasuk says that the Bnei Yisrael ate, this was the Zalechem. This was the bread that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us. So we see that the man was like bread, baked and ready to eat. A second verse in, in Baalescha says, Shoto Om, they had to make it into, into loaves. That sounds as if, as if it still needed to be baked. And a third verse also in, in Baalescha says, they had to grind it up in a mill and press it in, in a press. So this, uh, this sounds like they even needed to, to grind it in, into flour. So the Gemara then answers that there were three different levels of Yidin at that time. That the righteous people, the man fell right on their doorstep and it fell like ready to eat bread with no other work necessary for the kind of I guess called the mid-level people, the man fell right outside the camp and they needed to go get it and then come and bake it. And those who still needed a lot of work on their emuna, they had to pack up their kit bags and travel a great distance, find the man, and then they still needed to go home and grind it and eat it and bake it before they could eat it and, uh, and enjoy it. So, the the Mepharshim, the commentators, use this Gemara to explain the words the words of Rashi. It says when it says that Hashem gave them Devari Yoim Biyoim according to their daily needs, Rashi says one should collect what uh, 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 that every day for his needs for that day, and not for his needs for tomorrow. So according to this, we can ask why the word Devar. What does Devar mean? Rather than the words. Uh, just the oichel, the, the food, meaning the food that they needed for that day. So the, the Balamosa say that people could judge their own level on a daily basis. We got a daily barometer. We got a daily report on our own ruchnis level every single day that the man, the man fell. If you were at Sadiq, you didn't have to go very far at all. If you were not so level, you had a lot of work to go. And we've got a little work to do at the shops. We're going to come back and just wind this up and carry on with our Hilchus Yom Tov Slot. This is 11.9 Chai FM, Soul to Soul, on the greatest Jewish radio station in all of Africa. There are 39 milahot which constitute forms of work forbidden on the Sabbath. It's the why behind the way we do the things we do. Join Rabbi Musha Schnurb now for Hilchos Shabbos, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, back on your radio here in Johannesburg. Thank you so much for joining us as we do at this point on the show on a weekly basis. We let you know what are the important times. When is Shabbos going to begin? And when, unfortunately, is it going to end tomorrow? And are there any special aspects to the Shabbos? Let me put you out of your misery. A candle lighting this afternoon is still at the standard summer Johannesburg time, which is quarter past six. The actual very latest time for getting your candles on is 6.38. Uh, uh, sunset this evening will be at 6.56, four minutes before 7 o'clock. Shabbos Kodesh ends tomorrow night at 7.29, 29 minutes past 7. As I say, it is Pashas Peshalach, where we read the beautiful Shiratayam, the beautiful song that the Jews sang, that they're celebrating their their freedom from the Egyptians and the miraculous way that they were able to cross the, the Reed Sea. And, of course, the, the Haftarah is the beautiful, beautiful song that Dvorah, the prophetess, sang 
after the Jews' victory over Sisra and his uh, terrible, terrible armies and his uh, own murder. Also a beautiful after quite quite a lengthy uh, after but beautiful to to be with. And again, as always, lots of lots of lessons. Just to finish up with our Amon thing, there's a beautiful Malbim. The Malbim asks that there are actually two psukim that discuss the Amon and seem in a way to be slightly different. Uh, one pasuk says that uh, they gather the man every morning. Ish ish kafi Each person according to, I guess you'd say, his eating capacity. And then when the sun got hot, it uh, it melted. And another place, it uses the word lefi, both of which really mean according according to. So the 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 mom wants to answer that the word lefi means that everyone received what was meant for him. The word kifi, on the other hand, means that every person received however much they actually ate. He explains that Hashem prepared an amount of man for each person, for every individual in, in the family, according to what he deserved in accordance, with I said, with his level of tzitkos, with his light level of, of righteousness. However, after Dosan Aviram disobeyed Moshe and left Mon over for the next day, and when they were punished by having their Mon spoil, they were further punished by having their daily portion of Mon decreased so that they subsequently only received the amount they ate on the day they left some over. So that's how, that's how much they got every day. Rabelia Lopian explains that this occurred because Hashem deals with people always, mida connect mida. That's the meaning of, of, of the, of the verse, Asher Yishashe Yiftach Hashem, Hashem Miftach will be his security. This means that according to the measure that one trusts in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will provide security for him. That is, as it's stated, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is our shadow. Hashem Tzilcha Al-Yad al Hashem mirrors, mirrors us, right? He does whatever we do, that's exactly what we get. That's also the meaning of, of, of the Pasuk. Uh, uh, Hashem Tzilcha, right? Hashem is like a shadow. In, what, in, in which way? It's, it mimics what a person actually does. So too, Hashem helps a person according to the amount of betochen that person has and how much the person actually relies on, uh, on, on, on HaKadosh Baruch. And that also was, was uh, the same concept in the Shemitah, where for those who had a, a high level of betochen, because what they're going to eat for the whole two years, they're not going to plant, and they're not going to have again until the eighth year, so for them, HaKadosh Baruch said, you don't have to worry. Uh, you'll eat a teeny little bit and you'll feel full because that that's on your level. That's what you need. And for those who didn't believe that, those who needed to see a quantity of bracha in order to feel secure, in order to realize, ah, I've got enough. It's going to be all right. So Hashem provided a huge bounty crop in the sixth year so that people would be able to have enough to eat for that for that year. The man continues to be our daily tests because there's so many things now in our lives happen things that question things that we 
challenge, things that we don't know what HaKadosh Baruch wants from us. And we doubt and we worry and we, and we go we go crazy sometimes. What's going to be? And Hashem wants to know how everything that Hashem does for us is to test us. Are we going to continue following Hashem's way? Are we going to continue learning His Torah, devoting ourselves to that rather than worrying about the future? And are we going to continue to be the people that some Hashem who place our total trust and reliance in the in the in the Akadosh Baruch? We go back to our discussion of some of the laws of of a, of a Yom Tov. So we are referring now to just uh, 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 kind of comparing a few of the different things in terms of uh, laws of Shabbos, how they are the same or perhaps slightly different in Yantu. So we get to the laws of a of a chayla, God forbid, someone who isn't uh, 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 well. So most situations, the laws of a chayla on on Shabbos, which we have discussed quite at length, are, are very similar to the laws of Achayla on, on Yom Tiv. And maybe we'll just quickly do a little bit of a summary of the laws of Achayla on, on Shabbos. And, and then perhaps through that we can maybe explain the special denim that might apply uniquely to Yom Tiv, uh, uh, differently than on Shabbos. So we've, we've spoken about three different levels of, of sickness, of, of inferment that, that exists. Number one is a, a person who's dangerously ill, what we call a, a choyle masuka, and someone whose life may be actually in, in danger. The second one is a, a, uh, a person who's ill and, and perhaps his whole body is, is, is aching, but there's no danger to his life at all. And number three, a person who, who's, uh, feeling of malaise may be limited, in fact, even only to one part of his body, or he has an ache, or something, or something like that. And let's just quickly go through the, the halachas. So, in the first case, person whose life is in danger, so we know, everyone knows the halacha that applies there, that Pekuach Nefesh pushes aside both Shabbos and Yom Tov, and we do what Ever, we would, we do whatever we need to do for him uh, on a weekday in order to, to help him because all prohibitions are pushed aside in order to save, in order to save his, his life. That's in terms of a person who's a choyle mesukah and the second one, the second, the, the regular kind of sick person, someone who is ill enough to be in bed but there's no danger to his life. So we cannot, uh, 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 uh break any Torah law on his behalf on, on Shabbos, but we could, in certain instances, do certain things that are forbidden by rabbinic ordinance, the, 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 the for the needs of his, of his, uh, of his, of his reform. And there, there's a slight change between the laws of Shabbos and the laws of Yom Tov, but we'll come back and discuss that in a moment. We need to go make some money. So please, stay with us. Don't run away. This is one one point nine five FM, soul to soul. We're coming back in a jiffy. There are 39 milahot which constitute forms of work forbidden on the Sabbath. It's the why behind the way we do the things we do. Join Rabbi Musha Schnurb now for Hilchos Shabbos, only on 101.9 High FM. 
101.9 Chai FM, back on your radio here in Johannesburg. Wow, it's so great having you as part of our family. We're talking about the different levels of sick people. So we're talking about the second level, someone who's a Choyle Gufa, He may be ill, he may be in in bed. And we said you cannot break any Doirisis for him, but in certain instances one can do certain rabbinic prohibitions for his uh, his benefit. Now, as regards the laws of of Yomtev, so the uh, the authorities actually have a bit of a discussion. Let's say there's certain malachas that we said are permitted on Yomtev for the purpose of food preparation. So are those malachas, since they're permitted for everybody, are they also going to be permitted for the needs of a sick person? Some some say that no, as far as the Torah is concerned, you cannot do them for someone who is not dangerously ill. Why? Because the malachas that were permitted on Yom Tiv were only permitted for something which Allah has called Dover HaShoveh L'Chol Nefesh, something that everyone is is going to need and everyone's going to going to enjoy, and and something that only a sick person might need cannot be considered to be something that is going to be beneficial to to all. So practically speaking, what what do we do? So the 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 can say that since we have a argument here that is relevant to things that might be even Torah prohibitions. So generally, when there's a a discussion and a doubt about a matter over a Torah uh, principle, so there we have to be strict and. Uh, and the the ruling is that anything that the Torah would be would prohibit on on Shabbos, so we cannot do those things for a sick person on uh, on on Yom Tov. Therefore, let's say for example, it would be forbidden to cook up a a medicine for a sick person, or to light a a fire in order to uh, you know. Um, to, I don't know, sterilize, uh, as something for an, for a not dangerously sick, sick person, or even, let's say, to give, a, a, an injection, or, or, you know, like, or a transfusion to such a person, because at the time, when we do those things, so, blood, blood comes out, and, and, uh, that falls under the Torah prohibition of, uh, of, of Sheikhet, and, and, uh, that would be forbidden, or maybe even, but things that are only prohibited by, by rabbinic law, so those we can do for a, a sick person, uh, if the sick person is, is not in any danger of, of, uh, of, of life. The third element is someone who has a, an ache or, or pain in perhaps a limited section of their, of their uh, body. Let's say, uh, he's, he definitely would be considered a, a, a healthy, person but he's uh, suffering from a certain condition or or he has a headache or some kind of some part of his body is quite quite sore so the Allah is that all even the rabbinic prohibitions uh, 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 are incumbent upon him like any other healthy healthy person and even the the most basic rabbinic uh, uh, prohibitions that are we call let's say uh, a shavus even those things, or even the shvus, the shvus, we don't do that for him on 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 Shabbos. But if he is 
in a heightened state of discomfort, a little bit of pain. So you can do things that uh, uh, then we can we can do things that are only on the level of let's say a double drabon and a shvus the shvus. I know it's those kind of things that are forbidden uh, only through a drabonon and then to do them either through the offices of a in Yehudi or perhaps to do it in some kind of an unusual an unusual way. And again, when it comes to these types of laws, the laws of Yontif are, are the same as the laws of uh, of of Shabbos. However, regarding taking of of medicines, so there there's a difference between Shabbos and Yontif because the prohibition of taking medicines, so that again is dependent on 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 a discussion that uh, we had before where where the uh, uh, Chazal made a, a a decree that one shouldn't take medicines on Shabbos because you might come to grind the uh, different elements that you would need for the medicine and and violate the malacha of of toichen of of grinding. Therefore, those who are, are lenient and would allow it, so they say that on Yontif, since you're allowed to let's say grind peppers for 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 your meal. So you're also allowed to buy, grind these uh, different herbs and stuff for, for the medicine. And therefore, you would be allowed to take medicine. And obviously, the stricter opinion would argue, and they'd say, no, that the, pro, the, per, the permission to do mullah on yontif is only for healthy people and not for sick people, because, again, the choylem are considered not a need that's going to be equal for everybody, and therefore... The Chachamun would not allow you, according to them, to take medicines because you might come to grind them on, uh, on, on, on Shabbos. And again, since the medicine prohibition is only a rabbinic, therefore it's a, at the end of the day, it's a Suffolk in a Drabonon, and we can be makel and follow their, their opinion and, and take any medicines that one needs, uh, uh, to relieve that condition on the Yontif. Our time is just about up. So we're going to leave you in the company of the news, the good news, of course, and some beautiful music to uh, lead us into the Shabbos. just want to thank you all for being with us. Have a great Shabbos. Shira, do not put crumbs out for the birds on Shabbos because they're not yours. You have no right to do that. But in the meantime, just gather some crumbs of intellect, of, of Torah for yourself that you can chomp on and use to sustain yourself. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for listening. And to all our radio family and anyone connected to High FM, we wish you all a beautiful and outstanding good Shabbos.